the University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Hello, and thank you for downloading this edition of Innovative Research at the University of Johannesburg. And welcome to this edition of Innovative Research at UJ. It is hosted by the University of Johannesburg Library. And my name is Professor Maria Framar, and I'm the Executive Director of the Library and the host of this podcast series. Today, I am delighted to welcome Dr. Hema Kessa. She is from the School of Tourism and Hospitality at the University of Johannesburg, and she is the director of the Food Evolution Research Laboratory. And she and colleagues have been doing the most fascinating research on food and diets during COVID. Now, many of you might have heard that there was a survey done in South Africa last week saying that 45% of the population claim to have put on up to 10 kilos during COVID. But when we look at the whole of sub-Saharan Africa, the picture is quite different. And so, um, Dr. Hema, I'm going to ask the first question, which is around the research that you did and questions of food security in sub-Saharan Africa during COVID-19. Good day, Prof. Um, Yes, uh, the study was conducted during the, the hard lockdown, which was last year, during June and July of 2020. So the idea of the study was actually to look at the dietary habits and possible health outcomes in sub-Saharan Africa during the lockdown. So I think you you were spot on when you said that, you know, people had claimed to gain weight and and during that time of the lockdown, we had noticed a lot of issues around food insecurity and uh, possibly malnutrition. And uh, the whole idea of the study was to see how population in Africa have re-evaluated their diets in response to the COVID-19 pandemic during the lockdown. So the study was aimed at assessing dietary habits of people during the lockdown and the possible effect of the consumption patterns they could have had on their health. We also evaluated the state of food security in the various African populations during the pandemic. And we also assessed the health risk that may be associated to the populations, their lifestyle during the lockdown. As you mentioned, I think people had also claimed, I think we looked at social media during that time, where we had people having issues of, of getting access to food. And then it, on the other hand, where people were overeating the incorrect foods. So I think the study basically looked at all the dietary patterns of people in sub-Saharan Africa. That's very interesting. Can you tell us what people were eating? Did people's dietary habits change, especially in environments where there was food insecurity and environments where there, in inverted commas, was an abundance of food? Okay, so where there was an abundance of food, we found that, so that was in South Africa to a certain extent. So just to go back with the data collection. So I'm just going to give you some background of the data collection and then to the results. So we basically, it was a cross-sectional online survey. So it was an online study. Um, We worked with six countries. So the six countries were South Africa, Nigeria, Cameroon, Ethiopia, Ghana, and Kenya. And we had research assistants, which was part of our network in Africa, that assist with uh, the online survey link, who disseminated the link. And what we found is that when when we disseminated the link, it was a snowball sampling technique that we used because we weren't allowed to go and do face-to-face data collection. So um, people shared the, the link with their network and the network seemed to be, according to the results, it seemed to be 
in more, not really, we didn't get really into the peri-urban and the rural areas, but more into the urban areas. So what we actually found is that, so it, 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 it depend, uh, it was all dependent on, on the area we, we actually targeted at that time. So we actually ended up with 817 respondents from these various countries. And what we found is that a lot of the respondents were um, educated in the sense where they, they had uh, tertiary education and the income level of the, of the participants wasn't, wasn't below average. It was average to, to you know, it, so they, they were earning an, a relative um, average salary. And um, so what we found is due to that, we also realized that people had consumed at least two to three meals a day um, and some, some areas. So it depends on, on the actual area and the country that we found in Cameroon, especially people that the targeted population had been um, earning under hundred US dollars per month. And they were food, they were suffering from food insecurity in the sense where that they didn't have access to food all the time. Um, what has, has happened is that they've consumed only one meal a day because of access to food, um, because of, of certain supermarkets being closed and I think during hard lockdown, not having access to, to, so people that live in the more informal areas used to always get their foods from the local vendors and so on, and that wasn't allowed during hard lockdown. So people had to go into supermarkets and to, because of price hikes, I mean, during that time, it was also very expensive for people to afford food, to, to purchase foods during that time, I'm talking about nutritious foods. And another thing was that if they didn't have access to this, um, it actually left them um, to settle with what they had in their homes. And unfortunately, where in some areas, people had consumed just one meal a day. But then we had in other countries where we looked at uh, West Africa and South Africa, Africa, where, um, you know, people were, I mean, our participants claimed that they had eaten at least one to two meals a day. And the reasons why they chose uh, one to three meals was because some were going through stressful times, others had lost appetites, um, some were fasting. And, and, and funny enough, we had a reason where people said that they were trying to lose weight because they were consuming incorrect foods during the time and they felt that they needed to watch their diets. So, uh, so I think with the, with the uh, using the snowball technique um, and uh, targeting, so targeting the different populations in various areas within these countries, we ended up uh, getting a population that was maybe earning a more average salary, and with that, didn't really have a problem with food insecurity. So that's very, very interesting and amazing that you've got such a wide range of countries that have participated in the study, which really makes it interesting and incredibly valid. One of the next questions I'm going to ask is, um, were there people that consumed particular foods because they thought these foods would heal them or prevent them from getting COVID? Yes, we looked at special COVID-19 preventative diets. That was part of the questionnaire. And with respect to preventative diets consumed, it was observed that Cameroon had the highest number of people taking therapeutic drinks and foods against the infection. The various substances consumed were classified as infusions made from spices, honey, and fruit. 
I think what was very common that we've seen a lot during COVID where people were trying to make concoctions of lemon, lime, ginger, and garlic, and turmeric. And uh, what we found interesting is that when we looked at food consumption patterns, that a lot of our, our participants had consumed a lot of fruits and vegetables during the lockdown, which was good to see. And uh, there were a lot of indigenous foods consumed, especially in Central Africa, in Cameroon. But what we found in South Africa, the South Africans prefer taking the conventional supplements, which is your the vitamin C and zinc during that time. Um, but what we also found was when we looked at lifestyle, that there was sort of an increase in, in NCDs, but mainly in South Africa, where we looked at people, uh, the reasons for this was due to physical inactivity. And I mean, that was during our lockdown and uh, uh, tobacco and alcohol consumption, um, which although was quite funny because of the, the restrictions we had during the hard lockdown, but people had still been consuming alcohol. And I, and one thing we've realized it's, the reasons was because of boredom, stress. I, I think um, worry was a big thing, the mindset. And uh, that was found in South Africa, particularly. So Emma, your last point was going to be one of my next questions. Um, we talk about comfort eating. We talk about eating when we're stressed. What sort of patterns around being in a stressful space and eating emerged in the different countries? Okay, I think specifically in South Africa, we picked up where people had consumed, okay, we looked at fruits, vegetables. We had a list of healthy food items and unhealthy food items. And um, in South Africa, there was a mix. There was a mix where people had consumed a lot of pastries and cakes. And, and I think with social media, we've seen a lot of recipes being shared around baking products like breads and so on. And uh, that's what we, we found. It was quite, you know, it was a problem in South Africa, especially with the NCDs that's growing and obesity rates that's growing in South Africa. But in other African countries, not really. Um, it seemed as though if I look at their dietary um, uh, consumption patterns, people consumed lots of, of fruits and vegetables. And then, you know, a lot of um, indigenous foods in the sense way of neem leaves, um, aloe vera, citronella, where they look at the teas that they consume. So tea is very common amongst the other African countries, especially when it came to uh, the preventative diets and, and things that they, concoctions that people will put together um, to consume during that time. What was the most interesting aspect of your finding? Or what really stood out for you as something you hadn't expected to find? Um, I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when we conducted the research and because of it being a snowballing technique, um, you know, we realized that the participants were of, of, they were highly educated in the sense with their tertiary uh, qualifications. Um, it was mainly female that completed the questionnaires. Um, but what was interesting is that we expected food insecurity to be mentioned, to be the main focus of, of, the, of the outcome of the study. But it was quite surprising me to see that although people had mentioned that they were afraid of losing their jobs, they were afraid of somebody in the family being unemployed, um, not having funds or, or enough income in the, in the months to come, and yet people claimed that they were not food insecure. They, they claimed that they were eating two meals a day. And, and what was surprising as well to me was that the reasons why they skipped a meal was because of um, trying to lose weight or 
during fasting. I mean, it depended, it was, I think, also which country it was that we were uh, reporting on because it was a fa the fasting month of some of the African countries during that time as well. So the last point that you raise around fasting is something that I find particularly interesting. Um, yes, in um, some of the countries, people were going through Ramadan and fasting because of that. But I know that many churches were encouraging people to fast. Is your data able to pull that out, um, the length of time people fasted and the reasons why they fasted? Um, unfortunately not. But what we gathered was it was Ramadan in, in most of the, I mean, yeah, in most of the African countries and in South Africa. During that time, it was Ramadan. And uh, that's the reason why people ate one meal a day. Um, and if there was other reasons, we didn't particularly look into that. No. Okay. Thank you so much, um, Hema. This has been a most fascinating conversation. Um, we would be delighted to have you on again and hear about the further developments in your study. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of work that you guys are going to do as we move out of lockdown and um, the world that we live in changes yet again because of all sorts of political and economic factors to do with lockdown. So we hope we can have you again. Thank you once again so much for joining us. And to all the listeners, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to being with you again next week. Stay well and be safe. The University of Johannesburg, the future reimagined.